Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, Colombia. Uh. We go to South America for, I believe, the first time ever. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, exploring new regions. I feel like we've been in Europe and Oceania a lot lately. That's true. Um, so be- before Colombia, though, we have our announcements. Yes. Sweater news. Big sweater news. Yeah, probably about sweaters is what you're going to hear a lot from us. Yeah. Because we have we have an undisclosed number of sweaters that'll be that'll be going out probably mid-March, right? But yeah, let's just say it's a lot, you know? We're super sold out sweaters. It's a group of... I mean, if we got all the people wearing these sweaters and we went to <laughs> any locale... It would look like a mall. It would cause a stir. Yeah. <laughs> it would absolutely... People would say, what is with this? I mean, it's too many just to be a coincidence. This is the thing. <laughs> and this is what gets me excited, is that there's a chance that without planning it... Yeah. Two people will walk into the same room somewhere on earth wearing the same sweater. Yeah. And it'll say probably about politics. I mean, look, and considering the regions we sold them in are like, these people are kind of in the same area. Oh yeah. Concentrated. Yeah. Concentrated. Oh, I mean, we're an international politics podcast, but wow, are we local with sweater sales? <laughs> just Southern Ontario and the East coast of Canada. Yeah. I mean, just the cost of shipping lousy. will really hit you. Oh well, it will. Internet. We're not. We're not international shippers here. Okay, we don't have the. Uh, we don't have the means, or frankly, the know-how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not shipping to the EU. We don't understand those tariffs as much as we talk about it. We're not. We're not trying to. <laughs> we're not trying to get involved. Uh, so the sweater order is going in. Uh, if you haven't ordered and you're hearing this, uh, you can't order. It is too because late because we're doing one limited run. Uh, maybe later. Maybe maybe once we get to uh, episode forty, know, 50, 50, fifty episodes 50 or something. Episodes. Yeah, sure. A season three sweater or something. Yeah. So the sweaters should be getting to you. They're going to be starting to be delivered probably mid March. We'll have a firmer date probably on Twitter. So follow us there at probpolitics or email us uh, probably about politics at gmail.com and we'll we'll give you a direct yeah. shipping date. And we've got some hot Twitter content. So, you know, it's definitely worth it. Okay, so let's jump in. We have a bit of a recap. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Germany still didn't have a government mm-hmm. And how uh, New Zealand is just a lot of fun. <laughs> it's like I'm just yeah. really excited about uh, the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, New Zealand's a lot of fun, like good, wholesome fun. Before we get there, not only has Germany just uh, beaten Canada in the men's uh, hockey team in the Winter Olympics, oh. which I, just congratulations to Germany. That's yeah. so exciting uh, for them, not for us. No, really, terrible, tra- a travesty here, but. exciting for them yeah i mean look in case we have one german listener congratulations and we don't feel bad about this this is good for you okay so germany now maybe they have a government so we can talk about them again yeah like tentatively uh the leaders i think of the spd and merkel and the cdu i think have come to an agreement to form the grand coalition again uh, it is not terribly popular with the SPD and its supporters and or and like the amount of time it's taken to do this. I mean, when did we record the Germany politics? It was end of October. Early fall. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been it's one it's, of the starts of uh, season three. <laughs> so it's really it's taken a long time and uh, that has frustrated people. There seems to be sort of mixed reviews about whether or not this is a good thing. 
a good coalition, but uh, they have one. So that's really that's really a start. It's a step in the right direction. Hopefully. So getting over to New Zealand, mm-hmm. they uh, this week topped topped an international list for the least corrupt country in the world. Yes. That's cool. I mean, look, I feel like it would be hard for New Zealand to be particularly corrupt. Seems like they're like, it's oh, like it a, doesn't it doesn't do well in that part of the world. Well, it just it just seems like it's a small country. Like it, it hasn't had conflict in the last hmm. fifty years in its own country. Is there a trend there? I don't, we we should have an expert on this. Yeah, we, we should have a researcher who can tell us if corruption is inversely proportional to population size. Maybe there's a sweet spot for corruption around fifty million people, similar to Colombia. Yeah. I, yeah, and also, how recently have you been at in a civil war? True, but Jacinda Ardern runs a tight ship over there. It seems. Yeah, I I think that corruption, the anti-corruption began with her. Clear. I think it's difficult to have a politically corrupt system. Yep. Uh, and then also have just like an upstart person come in <laughs> and in three weeks just take the country by storm and and nothing happens and money doesn't matter it seems yeah i would i would say that 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 probably makes sense i mean the whole new zealand thing was a bit of a feel-good story she for democracy of but i mean she's also obviously all a very qualified leader like she's a qualified woman but uh it was a bit yeah you couldn't just do that in colombia i don't think i don't think there's anyone without uh his political history who is particularly running which is probably a good thing maybe because it is a complex situation yeah you should on. know what's going on <laughs> we always used to do this we never we haven't done this in a while to give everybody a sense of things mm-hmm. colombia is in south america it is it is on the northern part the northern tip of south america yep. it joins with central america a population of approximately 50,000 people 50 million it's people a, you said thousand. 50 million people very different <laughs> we're talking local sweaters and local politics (laughs) a population of 50 million people you are correct and an election coming up two really like we're we're making this right around their election for uh the house of representatives and the congress but uh or the two chambers of congress but uh but the presidential elections in may and arguably that's the that's the big one yeah, looking for some sources on this. Everything you type Columbia presidential election or just Columbia election, mm-hmm. you get like 15 million results. Yeah. And you type parliamentary election and you get nothing. Nobody cares. Why does nobody care? Well, I think uh, because you're looking at a system I, to, to cross the no American barrier, we're looking at a system that's very similar to American politics. The president is essentially the figurehead. He has a fair amount of power. The the Congress and the election of like the Senate and the House of Representatives is very similar to like what we would know about the election of the Senate and the House of Representatives in the U.S. Like it's not as big of a deal. It's very important, but the the thing everybody's concerned with is the president. It would seem just doesn't get the airtime. Yeah, some of these candidates have been some of the presidential candidates for Columbia have been presidential candidates for over a year yeah i saw that there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff coming out about it around there's a lot of news articles Mm -hmm. about it from the start of last summer yeah things coming out with about a year to go that's not something that we see a lot in most of the things that we cover yeah it was this sort of 
uh, media storm around that follows this multi-month-long mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah. There's as much time for campaigning as there is for govern governing, it seems. But before we get to the presidential election, mm-hmm. let's talk about the election coming up in a couple of weeks with the Congress, with the Senate and the uh, House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. This is a proportional representation system. Yep, largest remainder method. With uh, about a dozen dozen or so parties that have a, a, a fair uh, percentage yep. of, of the polls. Uh, not that polls are easy to come by. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's the current coalition has something like four parties in it. Yeah. Uh, all with between five and twenty percent of the vote. Nobody, nobody really seems to have more than twenty percent control. Yeah. Of of you. any of any uh, chamber. Yeah, the party of you has twenty one, I think. Yeah, and there's a lot of smaller players, which is which I have found very interesting, in that it seems like a country that is going through a lot of upheaval, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that normally I associate many parties with a very healthy democratic system. Mm-hmm. But then looking at these articles that are coming out are saying about how unhealthy the political climate is. Yeah, I think that but another important thing to remember with a lot of these multi-party countries that we look at is they are parliamentary systems and this is a presidential system. So if you think about, again, True. if you think about the US, they only have two parties and there wouldn't really be room necessarily there wouldn't be room normally for multiple parties um so i think that might be part of it uh and then yeah again it's a country kind of in upheaval where people are constantly disagreeing and longtime members of certain parties will, of the original parties will break off and be like nope we're doing this now and have we covered any presidential systems that are also proportional representation i don't think so i don't think so either yeah i think it's actually kind of a a unique feature of it for it to be for it to be PR. It's a bit surprising. It was a bit surprising to me to see that it was a presidential system and also PR. To talk about some of the parties more in depth mm-hmm. that are involved with this, the seemingly most uh, contentious uh, part of this mm-hmm. is the peace uh, that uh, that's come out of the Civil War with the uh, FARC mm-hmm. and, and their place in the Senate and the house yeah it seems like they are within the first they're in the lead of every of everything i read about this yeah that's definitely it's definitely the biggest deal right like i mean i think another thing to consider in why colombia's politics is really up in upheaval right now is you're, you're talking about a country that has just come out of the end of a 50-year civil war and and in a civil war there that's a country divided so there are people on both sides now having to agree on things and and people that were really hurt by the conflict or displaced by the conflict or killed by the conflict that now have to sort of come to an agreement uh, or come to some sort of process of reconciliation over it and yeah so the FARC part of the peace process with the FARC was that they would they would get a certain number of seats in both the the house and the senate guaranteed but then they are also running for election as well and that is quite yeah, so they get a minimum of five seats in each yeah. which is uh there's about a hundred and hundred seats in one and and change and 160 in uh the other chamber yeah so five seats is not really a small amount no there's a lot of parties that will be below the threshold and won't be represented yeah with uh, a similar percentage of the vote mm-hmm. most likely yeah no and then you, it makes sense that that would be something that is considered a bit contentious yeah but and i i see this in an article that you sent me mm-hmm. 
about how these guerrilla groups really dominate headlines and people talk about them a Mm -hmm. lot, but voters don't care, right? Voters care about uh, domestic issues. They they say the the top issue for most voters, for 21% of voters is unemployment, for another 21% is healthcare, and for another 21% political corruption. Yeah. So for over 60% of people, nearly a super majority of the country, plus education is next at 8%, mm-hmm. poverty 4.5%, crime 4%. Nowhere in here is whether or not a guerrilla group gets a few seats in Congress. People care about unemployment, healthcare, political corruption, education. It's the same thing yeah. that everybody cares about everywhere. And often similar mm-hmm. to what you see all the uh, in many places nobody's talking about those things no i mean yeah and it's it's also it makes a lot of sense like it's a country it's one of the greatest uh, disparities of of wealth and it, i mean i think it's creating a bit of a certainly a bit of a divide we're seeing a lot of left-leaning leaders be very popular but then there's also a lot of fear that they will that Colombia will go the way of Venezuela, which is not very popular in Colombia. The idea of that it it makes sense why the I mean if you think about the sort of grabbing onto something that is both very relevant but also very contentious, the peace process makes sense why it is sort of the core issue that the leaders are talking about. But it also makes sense that it is not fundamentally the immediate concern of the people. Okay, so from there, I guess we can talk about actually getting to the getting to the polls on on voting day, specifically for probably the presidential election, and what stands in the way of some of some voters being able to do that. Yeah, there seems to there seems to be a few articles that suggest that that uh, there are a number of polling stations in an in the districts of Columbia that may be vulnerable um, or at risk of uh, sort of attack from attacks from the militias that still exist. Like the FARC was the big one, but there are still smaller militias within Columbia that are militia guerrilla groups uh, that still exist and, and that sort of threaten the security of the polls, which I think is really important to consider when you think about just like the turnout rate in Columbia is not high uh, for for yeah. voting, and there seems to be a lot of skepticism and distrust of their own their political system to begin with. That makes it unlikely that they're as willing to go vote. I think this can be seen pretty pretty easily with this original guerrilla group here, the FARC, uh, mm-hmm. ending their or halting their current campaign yeah. due to having rocks thrown at them. Yeah. Uh, during speeches and all sorts of things happening yeah, I mean, on the campaign trail. Yeah, they cited like something like 36 FARC members have been murdered since the peace agreement. Like it's it's still contentious. I mean, and, and yeah, and the leader, the presidential candidate, Timochenko, he was attacked. And the security of the electoral process seems like something that would be of great concern. Like it, it's a real problem if people do not feel safe in in voting or the participants of the election do not feel safe because that really can limit who will receive power. Yeah, it seems that this FARC party is also becoming it's a it's a dividing force mm-hmm. and also seemingly a unifying force in that it's it's really dividing the left and the right and how the peace process is carried out yeah. 
and how current president uh, Santos, who has finished his two-term seat uh, as president, the right really seems to disagree with how this peace process uh, has ended up. Mm-hmm. And the actual, the two former presidents of Colombia and now leaders of their own political parties, the Democratic Center and the Conservative Party, both right-wing parties, mm-hmm. have kind of united with each other to stop the, the right-wing infighting and to to realign against the FARC and the left with mm-hmm. a with a unified front. Yeah, it's in our and many the FARC itself has sort of suggested uh, that the far this far right like this far right unification um, coalition of parties and their opposition is at at least a part of the violence that they are experiencing with the and and I mean the presentation of the far right is very much that that these these left parties are going to turn it again I think we said it earlier turn it into like Venezuela and or like a communist socialist state and there's a really a a, a lot of stirring the pot around that in a in a way that certainly could create a violent situation I think or at least a at least a troubling situation yeah so I guess we can leave it at that it's definitely a a complex race a a race that uh, is interestingly long that I wouldn't have expected to be so long before I before I started reading oh yeah definitely if you like are listening to this podcast and you want to know more it's definitely in terms of uh it's a very important country in latin america and that in the peace process itself was huge uh and and very significant if you if you want to learn more i would definitely recommend digging into it because there's a lot to lot to learn there this i guess we'll we'll end this saying it's a really complex situation and definitely one that's worth uh, digging into a little deeper on your own if you're interested and maybe tweeting tweeting some interesting articles that you find tweet them at us yeah. at probpolitics yeah. and uh, you'll get a reply from us and we'll probably we'll probably check it out as well yeah what were what were the important things we didn't say exactly be our critics so uh, until next time thanks for listening